Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Betches Media presents Betches Moms with hosts Aileen Drexler and Brittany Levine. Get ready to lock yourself in the bathroom or wherever else you hide from your kids because you'll literally never be alone again. Hello and welcome to the Betches Moms podcast. I'm Aileen. And I'm Brittany. And today we're joined by pelvic floor occupational therapist and pre-postnatal corrective exercise specialist, Jamila Medley. Thank you so much for joining us. I love following you. And you actually were in our Betches Moms launch video. So this is now like, you're really a full part circle. of the moms. Full circle. You're really a part of the Betches Moms community. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So I am a first time mom to a one-year-old almost. Um, I have been an occupational therapist. (laughs) Thank you. He's a mess. (laughs) Um, I have been an occupational therapist for a little over two years. Um, I've been dancing forever. I was a professional dancer for the NBA for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, And I started my fitness journey back in like 2011, like right after high school, really loved fitness. And then um, when I became an OT, I was like, well, how can I incorporate fitness into occupational therapy? So that's when I started getting into pregnancy and postpartum. And then that led me to a pelvic floor therapy and the pelvic floor specialty. And so here I am today um, as a mom. Now I feel like I can actually relate to all the things that my patients or my clients would, you know, complain about or have issues with. I actually have something to relate it to. Right. That's great. So you recently just launched a postpartum recovery program. What is the difference between like recovering postpartum versus what you're doing prenatal or during natal? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a great question. So for postpartum recovery, the difference is that now your body has already gone through all these changes, but then you've had your baby. And so now we need to kind of make sure that we are healing. So that way you don't have any dysfunction in your pelvic floor 
which long-term is going to affect how you function, how you feel, how you play with your kids and what your next pregnancy is like. So, you know, if a mom never really had any recovery after a first or a second pregnancy and had some leaking, then we're going to go into a third pregnancy and she's probably going to start leaking much sooner and then have more incontinence after baby. So the recovery piece is a very important piece before we get to the actual exercise part of, you know, strengthening and toning up um, that I know a lot of moms desire right after, you know, they deliver, but that recovery piece is going to be like that foundational necessity in order to actually have long-term healing. Oh, you know, I never thought of recovery when I read something like that as like something that's like you're like healing first <laughs> before I always thought it meant like recover, like to get fit, which it's really mm-hmm. I'm glad you're saying that, that like that's so much more important, like the internal, like healing and recovering the internal before you can focus on the external. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I actually never really heard of pelvic floor therapy until recently because I would actually, I mean, I definitely experience, I'm I'm pregnant my second, I experience um, like leaking all the time and like laugh about it. Like I sneeze and I pee and there are so many, (laughs) got to do it like all the time. And um, I posted, you know, we could all laugh at ourselves. It's funny. And I posted things on moms and people get really upset that they're like, no, this isn't funny. You need to go to a pelvic floor therapist. I'm like, didn't even know that existed. Um, so like, it is a little funny. It, it is. It's, it's funny. It is. It is it's like, funny. it's like, it's life. Like that's what's happening. Like, why can't we just kind right. of laugh at like things that are happening in ourselves? Like, just cause maybe we need to do something. Does not mean it's not like a little funny? Like I'll, it ha- I'll sneeze and then like I'll pee and then I'll just yell shit. And then my husband will be like, do you pee again? Didn't you? <laughs> it's like, gotta change my <laughs> even postpartum. Like I remember there was one time I was sitting on a couch and I kid you not, I like chuckled very slightly and I farted. <laughs> I was, and my husband was like, is that, was that you? And I was like, no, it's like the it dog. Was, I'm sorry. No, it's no, the dog. It's like, you can't, it's really hard to control. And like, you lose a lot of um, control down there. So like that being said, like, what are we supposed to be doing to helping, to help ourselves? Yeah. So Um, There's a lot of things you can do during pregnancy. Everyone kind of always points to Kegels, but um, it's more so about creating a rhythmic movement in your pelvic floor and the rest of your core that is going to help you to maintain your core strength and then further your pelvic floor strength to hold onto your bladder. Um, So with the pressure of everything that's happening in your body, that puts so much pressure on your pelvic floor. So then your pelvic floor gets strained, it's weak. Yes, Kegels may benefit some people, but knowing how to do your Kegel correctly is gonna be like the best thing for you because we sometimes end up doing like contraction, contraction, contraction. Like you're like holding your pee in and that's actually what we don't want to do because then there's no lengthening phase of the contraction. So it's just like, if someone is doing a bicep curl, 
and they're just constantly contracting, contracting, contracting. And then like, you know, those guys that have like the big biceps and then they try to extend their arm and their arm never goes straight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of how your pelvic floor okay. is. So if we are always contracting and we're never having a lengthening phase, then your pelvic floor is going to be tight all the time. And then that could create other issues. I'm trying it now. <laughs> so a full lengthen, but definitely like seeing a pelvic floor therapist for an evaluation is always great because there's things in office that we can do to kind of cue you like, okay, this is when you relax. This is when you contract how does this feel? And then we can transfer it to like intercourse when you are having intercourse practice these things. Interesting. Um, but it's kind of different depending on how you interpret and feel the contraction. Right. So, so what is like an appointment look like? Like, what do you, what are you physically doing with your patient to help them feel or not feel like, what is the exercise? Yeah. So I always first want to let people know when you, because a lot of people don't under, don't realize that like when you go to a pelvic floor therapy appointment, yes, we are doing like an internal evaluation. I just learned that. So like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. like we're doing an external assessment, but we're also like actually going inside and seeing what is going on. We're feeling your pelvic floor muscles. So, but it's not like when you go to your OB guide and you know, you, there's no tools. We don't start with any tools. We will just use lube finger, feel all the muscles um, within your pelvic floor. And then I may say, okay, I'm going to have you squeeze. I want you to do, show me what you think a Kegel is. And then I'll be able to feel what that contraction is like throughout the entire pelvic floor. And so it starts, it may start at the very tip and go all the way up. And that's like a nice contraction that we want to feel that gradual tightening and then the gradual lengthening. But a lot of times what we feel is squeeze around our finger and then just slowly releasing, whereas your pelvic floor can't lengthen in a nice smooth way. So we are literally like inside of you feeling what is going on. And then we can also use wands. So we use wands to kind of help you um, in different sizes, especially for moms who are having difficulty with intercourse being um, uncomfortable, especially postpartum. Mm -hmm. That's a huge, huge thing um, with re-entry and even like adding tampons. Like I've had people that are like, I just legit cannot put a tampon in. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. Like, what do I do? So we work on that. What is the discomfort? Like, it just feels like it won't go in or like you're too tight. For some people, it feels like bulging, which could be like a prolapse related uh -huh. in the postpartum or during pregnancy. And for others, it can be like a, a tense feeling when there's insertion happening and also a dryness. And so that's why like lube is so important. I know people, I feel like it has this negative stigma, <laughs> but it is so good for you, especially for moms, like pregnant and postpartum, because your lubrication is going to be different. So you will probably have more dryness in pregnancy and then into postpartum a little bit, especially my breastfeeding moms, your lubrication is different. So like, don't be afraid to extra lube up you and your partner. Yeah. Um, so that way you can actually benefit. 
No, I think that's like amazing information, especially because I've literally never heard anyone talk about that before, like zero people. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sure there's a lot of women listening, being like, oh, I didn't realize that was normal. Like I thought there was something wrong with me. So um, definitely appreciate that. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Okay, so you do the the internal exam. What other things then are you doing? Yeah, so after we do an internal exam, I will do an external assessment as well, working on trying to see what your body is doing. How is your core functioning? How are you breathing? A lot of people are chest breathers. And so that shows me, okay, you're not using your pelvic floor at all. So when you are supposed to be bracing your core during an exercise, or getting up from a seated position when you're pregnant, that indicates to me that you're probably not using the right muscles, which may be making your pelvic floor weaker. So after we do a visual assessment, internal assessment, I might give you some exercises. Hey, lay on your side, show me a clamshell, maybe add a resistance band around it. I might see, okay, is there something in your pelvis changing? Um, am I noticing that, you know, you aren't using your glutes very much, your inner thighs, your outer thighs, because when we think about your pelvic floor too, it's so important to make sure that we are looking at more than just the pelvic floor muscles. We're also looking at the ligaments, the connective tissue, the other structures that are connected to your pelvic floor, because you could have like a really strong pelvic floor but then have zero glute strength. And now like when you go down to do a squat or like bend down, you're like, oh my gosh, like my butt hurts or like my, my low back. That's where some of that sciatica yeah. kind of pain starts feeling um, from that area. And that's usually where I would say, you know what? I probably don't need to work on internal. Let's work on some glute strengthening exercises. Um, and so that's where pelvic floor therapy and exercise meet. So it's interesting because I know you also do a lot with diastis recti. And am I saying that right? Because I feel like I hear so many ways to say it. Is it diastis recti? Everyone says it differently. I just did a course and the course instructor had called it diastasis. I say diastasis. I know people who pronounce it just all different ways. So it's fine. So is, is that directly correlated to diastasis? Like whether you're more likely to get it or not. And could you actually also tell us what that is for people who don't know? Yes. So diastasis recti is the separation of the abdominal muscles. So the top layer of your abdominals are your six pack muscles. And when you are in pregnancy or postpartum, um, even moms who have, you know, people who have never had a pregnancy might have a diastasis. And this is that separation of those two abdominal muscles, creating a weakening in the midline of those muscles where connective tissue lies. So it creates a gap between your abdominals and it creates a space in between as well, which is considered like the depth. 
Um, and so diastasis is essentially a symptom of pelvic floor dysfunction. Interesting. A lot of people see diastasis as a diagnosis and it's not a diagnosis. It is a symptom. So when I see a, a postpartum mom, that is one of the things I look for. I'm looking for symptoms. I'm looking for symptoms of incontinence, um, bowel dysfunction, constipation, pelvic pain, and diastasis recti. And because the weakening of your core and the connective tissue. So again, like when we look at the pelvic floor, we have to look at ligaments, muscles, connective tissue as well. So when I think about, okay, her abdominals are completely separated. That means that her core literally probably has no function and no strength. So if your core doesn't have strength, your pelvic floor can't have, have the strength that it needs to, because your pelvic floor is your house. So your pelvic floor is literally like the house that holds those major organs, your uterus, your bowel, your bladder, and it's connected to your core muscles. So if the house foundation is weak, then everything else above it is just going to be all, all over the place. I didn't know it was a physical muscle. I thought it was like this like thing that represented an area of your body. I didn't really understand that. And I like was a science major. <laughs> so that's like, I don't yeah. they, like, they don't really talk about that as much. So no one talks about no. it. Yeah. It is until you get pregnant a group of muscles, right. right? It is a group of muscles that support you that support your pelvis that support literally like, it's like the, the midline of your body. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so it is, it's a, some people call it a hammock, um, of muscles. So there are so many muscles inside your pelvic floor and each muscle has a different function, just like your core muscles. So you have like your oblique muscles, you have your deep core muscles, you have your six pack ab muscles. So just like you have those names for muscles, there are names and purposes for the pelvic floor muscles. And how is it connected to your abs or like your core? So your transverse abdominis connects to your pelvic floor. So the connective tissue that, so it's called the linea alba. It's in between the two recti, which are the two muscles that split in diastasis recti. Okay. That's why it's called diastasis recti. Cause there's the two recti muscles. There's connective tissue in the middle, which goes all the way down to your pubic symphysis, which is like right above your vagina. And that connective tissue connects to your pelvis, which inserts at your pelvic floor muscles. So when we think about your pelvic floor, and I'm trying not to like nerd out here, mm -hmm. but um, there's insertion and then there's origin of all muscles. So where the, the muscles insert, where they meet to provide that movement or that strengthening. And so that's how your pelvic floor and your core connect because your pelvic floor is intertwined. So your transverse abdominis like literally starts down by like, I'll say your vagina, but it's really your pelvis. Um, and then it wraps all the way around and goes up and through your back. So people think deep core and they think like, oh, like just all the way in my core, but like your deep core is actually a part of your back as well. Like a trunk. Oh. Yes. Oh it's God. crazy because this really is so <laughs> important. This holds your body up. Why, why aren't people focusing on this more? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't know any of this. Do people or women see you while they're pregnant or postpartum? So you can see a pelvic floor therapist during pregnancy and into postpartum. I always recommend as soon as you find out you're pregnant, go see a pelvic floor therapist. Um, because a lot of times there are things that we can start working on to prepare you. So that way you don't get to third trimester and are waddling and feeling <laughs> like you literally have no other stability. Um, if we start working on those skills in the beginning, then they hopefully are transferring and carrying over into the end of pregnancy and then early postpartum. Is, is there ever a point of no return from this? <laughs> So <clears throat> that's a great question. So there is, you know, there are people who just do not. So let me say this in a nice way. If we give you exercises to do and you don't do them and then come back and say, I'm not getting any better. I don't understand why I'm still peeing myself. And then I say, well, have you tried those exercises consistently that I gave you four weeks ago? And then the answer is, well, I did it twice. That is probably <laughs> going to result in not seeing the progress and the results that we are looking for. Um, so it really is mom specific, but I get it. Like it's hard. Some like my chiropractor gave me some things to do and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And yeah, then I, never did it. I did the same. Yeah. Physical therapy. Oh, physical therapy is not a trainer. Did I say trainer? Never mind. I'm sorry. You said, my, I, 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 I don't know. Pregnancy <laughs> brain again. It's pregnancy fine. Brain. No judgment. <laughs> yeah. I went to a physical therapist and he like gave me all these exercises, but it was too many exercises. Like I can't remember to do all of these things, but anyway, yeah, I, I get that. I can relate to that. Um, question like what, so you mentioned doing the skills, what are, or having the skills, what are the skills that you need to work on yeah. strengthening your pelvic floor that isn't just breathing. And, um, because that's all mm -hmm. I've seen is really just bre breath work. Um, mm -hmm. and like the, the 360 breathing and like the in and in and out. And then like, what does it mean to work on your core then while pregnant? Is it worth it? So Yes. Okay. So I think when we change our perspective of what working on your core is supposed to be when pregnant, then it changes the way that we do it. So if we think less, oh, I'm just, you know, I want to keep my abs or, you know, I want to make sure I'm still toned. If we get rid of that and think more, I want to have a stronger deep core. So that way, when I push my baby out or when I have this massive C-section surgery, I still have a deep core that is going to support me. So that way I don't have back pain and discomfort. So when we think of it as, as being like the strength and function rather than, you know, the toning and the keep, you know, trying to stay small, try not to gain weight, all the things, then I think that it changes the way that we approach it. So um, some things in addition to breathing. So breathing is a very interesting thing. And it's like one of my favorite things. Um, breathing, if done in different ways can be an exercise. So for the pregnant moms that I see, I might give them some core rotation. And this is where what society has made like pregnancy workout to be versus what it actually should be is different. So society says, 
oh, you can't do any rotation when you're pregnant. Don't twist. Don't do this. Don't do that. But if so, yes, don't do those things if you don't know how to engage your core and do it with your breath. But if you have the breath and you know how to activate your transverse abdominis, let's add that rotation in with a pull down. So kind of, I call it like a lateral chop. And so I'll start with, with both my arms across my body with like a resistance band. And then I would have the mama engage her core, use her 360 breath, hugging her belly toward her, and then pull down toward the opposite side with that resistance band. So this is now working on that lateral oblique and deep core to make sure that they are still functioning and working. Because if we just decide like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm six months pregnant, I'm not going to do any of these things, then that's going to open us up for more diastasis postpartum, which is that abdominal separation. Um, so doing these things to protect your core are going to number one, prevent further diastasis from happening from your diastasis being worse postpartum and protect your, your deep core and your pelvic floor function. Um, and so another important thing I wanted to point out is that with the breathing, so your diaphragm is connected with your pelvic floor. So your diaphragm is that muscle right under your ribs. It's, you know, um, that's what we use, what we're supposed to use for our diaphragmatic breathing and with our breath. When you do your inhale, um, your pelvic floor and your diaphragm are moving together. So your inhale is supposed to be where you lengthen and your diaphragm and your pelvic floor lengthen down. And then your exhale is supposed to be where they lift together. But the way that we have normalized breathing, we actually do the opposite. And that's not the way our pelvic floor and our diaphragm are supposed to work together. So it's a little tricky. There's like a science behind it. But if a pregnant mom has established good breathing, knows the 360 breath, knows how to activate her TVA, great, wonderful, we can still do core work. Now we always want to avoid, you know, planks, crunches, things like that, that are going to put so much load on the core, because then that can make the diastasis worse. Um, but we can still do other things. We can do some rotation, we can do side bends, we can do crossovers, we can do um, different types of like, side variations and seated variations of core work to help you. there a point in pregnancy where it's kind of too late to start to, like I'm eight months pregnant should I not start to so at that point um <laughs> with pelvic floor therapy we'd probably start working on um definitely breathing but we would probably start working on like perineal massage just really getting your body prepped right. for actual birth um if you know if you were a c-section mom um we would start we would be working on your scar tissue all throughout pregnancy and even toward the end. So it wouldn't be too late to start doing stuff like that. Um, and then really just keeping your glutes strong, um, your legs, like your butt and your legs, because we all know like mom butt is real. Um, and especially into like the newborn phase, everyone has a mom butt because we're just laying down, yeah. we're laying on our back, we're laying, we're sitting on our butt. But if we start working on that glute strength toward the end of pregnancy too, 
um, then that will delay some of that like mamba and hey, what, what should I do? The week I'm, I'm listening. What should I do? I'm right now. My butt right I have mom butt. Like, I have mom butt. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a really cute perky butt. I have mom butt. What do I do? <laughs> the squats are going to be great. Squats are great for labor and delivery okay. anyway. Um, I always recommend doing some variation of a clamshell with a resistance band around the thighs. Is that like that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also recommend doing sidewalks. So having the resistance band around like your ankles and then doing lateral walks. So walking side a couple steps and then going to the other side or going back and forth, back and forth. Um, you can add that in with a squat. So you can do like squat, sidestep, back step with the resistance oh, band. Okay. Engaging your core while you're doing your breathing too. So you're thinking of like, okay, I'm doing the sidestep on that exhale. I'm going to bring my belly in toward me. I'm going to do my strong exhale. And now I'm doing my glute work. I'm stepping back. I'm stepping side. Um, back lunges are a good one too. Sometimes it gets harder to do toward the end of pregnancy, depending on, you know, like I carried so low, like so low. So I could not do very many. I couldn't do lunges at all, honestly, toward the end, because my belly, before I even stepped my leg back, my belly was touching the top of my thigh. Oh, wow. So <laughs> for moms who carry lower, lunges probably won't work. But um, even like doing um, glute bridges with your back on a yoga ball. So you don't want to lay down flat on your back, especially that far into pregnancy. But like if you had your back on a yoga ball and doing glute bridges there, you can always add like a, a weight to your to your hips if you wanted to do hip thrust that way could you do it off like a couch yeah okay? you can do it off a couch a bench an ottoman mm-hmm. okay and how often <laughs> should we be um doing these various glute workouts like twice a week i would be doing them especially toward the end of pregnancy i would be doing them like every oh, yeah, day okay. say that. um <laughs> all right and I have all my pregnant moms do at least a hundred squats a day oh, in preparation for labor and delivery. But they're, so they're like in shape, like <laughs> not all were like, I definitely have some moms right now who like they worked out a little yeah, bit before yeah. pregnancy, but like now we're getting to the end and it's the, oh my gosh, my back hurts so bad. Like I've dropped, I'm getting ready. You know, I'm really like, they're in the nesting phase yes. and I'm like, okay. Let's up the squats a little bit more because the squats too are just going to help you with accelerating labor. True. And, you know, get really getting I'm going. Getting right. Brittany, you and I are going to FaceTime later and we're going to do a workout. We are. <laughs> we are. I'm ready to sidestep. I'm not even going to use a resistance band. That's how mom buddy I am right now. <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. I agree. <laughs> Is there anything else that like, sort of important that you feel like we didn't even know to ask that we should be asking or that like women should be asking about this topic? Yes. So one thing that I always, I think is so important and I feel like nobody ever talks about it is yes, you're not clear to exercise and do formal exercise until six weeks or beyond. And there is a purpose for that, but you don't have to just sit and wait and do nothing until you're cleared. You can start your 360 breathing again because your body is going to feel different doing that 360 breathing than it did when you were pregnant. 
So getting your body used to doing the 360 diaphragmatic breathing again, early postpartum, you can start that as soon as a day after you have your baby. Um, just focusing on breathing for maybe like two or three weeks and then adding in some gentle pelvic floor activations, which would be that contracting and that lengthening phase and that activation of your transverse abdominis, which would be the combination of your pelvic floor activation of the contracting and the lengthening and your 360 breath. Okay. So those two together will help you to activate your transverse abdominis. Why, why is it that you're not clear just till six weeks? What's the reason? So especially, so, so I know C-section moms are a little bit different. The protocol right now is like eight to 10 weeks, which, um, I think before it was just eight weeks. Now it's, you know, getting a little bit farther along and that for C-section moms specifically, that is because scar needs to heal surgically, you know, the incision just has got to heal as well as your vagina, because even so, even though you didn't have your baby vaginally, the C-section actually puts more of a load on your pelvic floor and your core than a vaginal delivery. So that just, it just needs to heal. Um, but for, you know, vaginal delivery moms, it's same rules apply. We just have to have that six week healing process to be able to actually tell if your body is ready. Um, and so six weeks is usually when they say like, Oh, six weeks, your body is really healed just based off of how, what we know about how the muscles regenerate and, um, recover on their own without doing very much. But if you are still having bleeding or pain after your provider clears you at six weeks to do exercise, I would recommend holding off another week or two. Um, even though they say, you know, Oh, you're cleared at six weeks. I personally um, have just seen that there's better functional outcomes when we wait to start at seven or eight Mm -hmm. weeks, because moms will usually start at six weeks, like, oh, I'm cleared, so excited, yay, let's get this going. And then the next day after they do their first workout, they're like, oh my goodness, I have heavy bleeding again. And so now we have to kind of like backtrack. So that's why too, like with the postpartum recovery piece and like within my postpartum recovery program, it's more so about let's gradually establish these skills and then gradually like add on to it. So that way it's not just like, all right, right, I'm starting. This is day one. Let me do my full hour workout. I got this because a week from now, you know, a week from then or the next day you may have bleeding and pain and we don't want right. that. Well, so, so you speaking mind. of your program where, so where can our listeners find that program? How can they work with you, get an internal exam, (laughs) all of those things. (laughs) Yes. So my program is on my website. It's jamillamedley.com. And also you can find it on my Instagram. It just launched. Um, So it is the back to basics postpartum recovery program. And if you are wanting to have in-person pelvic floor therapy, you can also contact me on my website, jamillamedley.com. Um, and we can schedule an in-person or virtual evaluation in person. I always recommend over virtual, but you know, everyone's comfort level is different. Um, and I'm located in Dallas, Texas. So if you are in the Dallas area and wanting to have an internal eval, um, or just a pelvic therapy assessment, 
Um, we can do that in person. So you can always reach out to me. I, my DMS are always open to, I always, you know, respond to my DMS. I'm not one of those people that like just let them sit there. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jamila. Um, I learned a lot. I'm going to go do some squats later. Very excited. And that is it for this episode of Betches Moms. Thank you so much, Jamila. Everyone go follow and go do the back to basics postpartum recovery program right now. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Follow Betch's Moms on Instagram. Follow us. I'm at Aileen. Follow Brittany at Brit Rich. And remember, there are no rules in this podcast. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom, right, Regina? You stop talking. The Betch's Moms podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Social media by Brittany Levine. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betch's Moms on Instagram and send us your emails to moms at betches.com. Betches.